Hey everybody, this is Olana with Dealing with Donor Conception. This is episode 20 and it's the end of January that I'm recording this. And January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And I noticed, I had one episode about human trafficking and it wasn't the most listened to episode. People don't really want to talk about it or explore why human trafficking is such a problem. Um, it's it's bad news. People like to be around happy things and, and feel good things and they like to be empowered and they want to improve their situation. And I get that and I'm here with you. You have to to put joy in your life and you can't just dive into the macabre and be drowned by all the negative things in the world. And so, but you still have to have a conversation about problems so that you can fix the problems. And like, you know, Mr. Rogers, he's an American hero, television icon. His dad used to tell him, you know, whenever something bad happens, look for the people who are helping. Look for the people who are helping. Um, because there always is someone who's, who's trying to make a difference. And I want to have this conversation about human trafficking um, without being too much of a downer, but I just want to give honor to all the people who are trying to make a difference and curb this. And I want you to be equipped to not only prevent human trafficking in your little domain, your little sphere of influence, but as a donor-conceived person, I think we as donor-conceived people are more vulnerable to be trafficked or to be groomed by predators in some sense of the word. And one of the things that predators look for is weak family relationships and low self-esteem. And they, they come in and they tell you that, you know, your family doesn't understand you. They, they say, they promise you relationships, maybe marriage, maybe children of your own. And and, and it's grooming so that they can get what they want eventually. And I just want to make everybody aware of the signs of psychological abuse and if you're in an abusive relationship or not. Um, you know, a lot of people think oh, abusive relationships is just when they're beating you or they're, you've got bruises and broken bones. But actually, therapists will say that psychological abuse is maybe worse than physical abuse because with physical abuse, the, the bruises, and they go away and they heal. But with psychological abuse, I mean, your life can be stolen and you can be prevented from thriving for years to come. And it's a lot harder to heal those psychologically abusive wounds. So there's, um, there's some definitions that might help you. So psychological abuse is the most widespread type of domestic violence, and it may accompany both physical and sexual abuse or not. It could just be the psychological abuse alone, but, um, 
You might be the victim of psychological abuse if your partner repeatedly tries to gain control over you. And usually they use intimidation, coercion, threats, isolation. If they're trying to isolate you from your family, if they don't want to meet your dad or stepdad or mom, if they um, try to intimidate you by throwing things, um, saying little things like how much stronger they are than, you know, and how much more powerful men are than women and, and women better be careful because as a man, he can do whatever he wants to do. Um, constant belittling, minimizing your needs when you request something. Does he dismiss you? Um, does he use children as, as weapons or like the promise of children as a lure? Humiliation, being treated like an object or possession. What does that mean to be treated like an object or possession? Well, it's like are only your minimum needs met? Do they feed you and house you but not allow you to be a full human who's creative and has dreams and, and freedom? You know, are you just a machine that they keep putting the quarters into to, to keep you functioning, basic functioning. Are you made to feel guilty about going to work? Are you made to feel guilty about socializing? Do they isolate you from friends and family, call you derogatory names, or limit your access to telephones and transportation? Have they taken over your phone? Have they made it impossible for you to get a car, or they're the only ones that drive? Do they monitor you for wherever you go or whoever you call or talk to or spend time with? Do they coerce you into illegal activity? Or do they threaten to hurt themselves or someone else, maybe the kids, in order um, or if, if you were to leave the relationship? So they threaten to harm themselves if you were to leave. Do they threaten to hurt you or the pets? Do they blame you for all the problems in the relationships? Do they try to convince you that you're crazy? Do they say things like, oh, you're bipolar? Do they sabotage your efforts to work? Or do they give you small allowances that make you beg for money and give you no access to credit cards, cash, or bank accounts? Do they have secret bank accounts in their own name, maybe in a different country? Those are all signs that you could be in an abusive relationship, someone who's obsessed with power and control. Okay, what is sexual abuse? Sexual abuse is uh, usually the most severe type of domestic violence, and it causes commonly causes really long-term emotional harm. So it includes but is not limited to rape, being made to penetrate someone else, sexual coercion, unwanted sexual contact, and unwanted non-contact sexual experiences. So it could include holding you down, forcing you to have unsafe or unprotected sex, demanding or tricking you into doing things that um, you don't want to do, or attempting to get you pregnant against your will. Sometimes, you know, there's something called anchor babies, 
trying to get you pregnant so that you can't leave them or trying to get you pregnant so that no other man would want you. Does he insult you in sexual ways, demeaning your gender, trying to have sex with you when you're asleep or unconscious or trying to get you to become drunk or demanding sex when you're sick or tired or after beating you? Some of these are more, you know, just obvious than the others, but... um, Those all count as abusive. And you should know that um, you should know that you don't have to stand for it, that it's not a healthy relationship, and that it's it's not real love and you don't have to put up with that. So you can get out. Predators like this, they try to ruin your life if you do leave. So you have to be really smart. Some things you might want to do is um, if you go to the grocery store, if they happen to let you ever go to the grocery store, you can start getting $20 cash back every time you go to the grocery store and just save that cash. You can... um, if you leave quickly and unexpectedly, then they're less likely to, to be violent with you. That's like the, the, the point where they're most likely to be violent is the point where you try to escape or leave. And that's when, you know, if, if they have access to you physically, they'll, they might try to hurt you physically. Um, if they don't have access to you physically because you escaped, then they'll try to hurt you Um, your reputation, your ability to get work, your ability to survive by yourself. And it's, um, it's not easy getting out of abusive relationships. It's really not. Okay. January is human trafficking awareness month. How does, how else does this apply to donor conception? And well, I think surrogacy is a big frontier when it comes to human trafficking and the threat of human trafficking. Um, also I've said this before with, with reproductive, with reproductive technologies today, you can grow your own victims. So you can have a, um, child sexual predator, hire a surrogate, hire an egg donor, use their own or buy someone else's sperm to create a child that they have control over. And there's no involvement with um, the, the home, in, um, I'm sorry, the home inspection. You know, with adoption agencies, you have a inspection and they, they question you and they really try to see if you're going to be a fit parent or not. But with reproductive technologies, anyone with the money can have access to a child and the the likelihood of the woman as a surrogate being mistreated and abused is very high. Um, there's a there's a thing in the Irish Times. It was one of the first things that came up on Google, but they're talking about how, you know, India banned commercial surrogacy uh, in this 
specifically for foreigners too. Foreigners would come in and pay these women slave slave wages, and they were in holding camps. You know, they were forced for nine months to stay within confined space, monitored day in, day out, given these hormones that have not been tested for their long-term issues, very likely cause cancer, have been linked to infertility themselves. And so you're asking these women to sabotage their own health in order to provide babies for wealthy couples who um, do not see them as equals. And the the patterns of abuse are coming forth and more and more countries are banning commercial surrogacy because they've firsthand just seen so many cases of abuse where the surrogate mother was left to die or left with huge financial burdens or almost died giving birth or the couple like the baby came out with uh, health problems and was abandoned. So I believe that human trafficking and the reproductive tourism go hand in hand and that you're not going to get ethical players in this realm when you're tossing around figures like $100,000, $150,000 for a baby. So if you guys um, want to get involved with ending human trafficking, there's some things you can look for. You can spot the signs. Um, Some general indicators that someone's being trafficked, you know, that they're a human slave of some type, is they'll be fearful of authorities and police They'll exhibit signs of physical and psychological trauma like anxiety, lack of memory. Um, They might be fearful of opening up about their situation. Limited freedom of movement. Limited access to medical care. Um, Not allowed to speak. Someone else is always speaking for them. Regularly moved. They move around a lot. And um, this is one of the common ones, which is weird. They believe they're being controlled by the use of witchcraft. Kind of odd, but this is one of the listed general indicators. Some signs of sexual exploitation is uh, people being moved a lot from city to city. Display a limited amount of clothing, most of which is kind of sexual. Um... They might display substance abuse or misuse, be forced, intimidated, or coerced into providing sexual services. Um, Unable to travel freely. They're picked up and dropped off by another person. (sighs) Some of these are really depressing. I said I wouldn't get too depressive, but... But just be aware, um, one thing that that predators do is they try to videotape their victim early on. 
So I was reading a story. It was a woman when she was 10 years old, she was first trafficked and it was by, by older boys that she knew. First thing they did was they drugged her and then they filmed her in, um, basically being raped. And then they threatened to show her parents and the, in her school and community, the pictures, if she didn't do what they wanted her to do, which was to become their sex slave. And they sold this little girl over and over and over again until she was 14. And they, she didn't look the way they wanted her to look anymore. She was too mature at age 14 for them to get turned on. So when she ceased to become financially useful to them, um, she was thrown away, but it's videotape that is often used. So to protect yourself and to protect your daughters and son, um, have a conversation with them about the use of film in exploitation. Forced confessionals and compromising footage. Never tell your, your sins and your deepest humiliations to anybody on film. They might very well be using it against you. And just in general, keep your privacy. Like exploiters, they, they seem so understanding because when you're when you need someone to talk to about difficult things in your family, um, sometimes it's the predators that seem like the best listeners. But you find a, a qualified counselor to talk to, not just and, you know, a potential romantic partner or someone like that because um, they can use all that against you at some point. Keep your privacy. Seek out real counselors to discuss your struggles and shames. And that's all I wanted to say for this episode. See you next time. This is Alana with Dealing with Donor Conception.